Jenny broke up with me on Instagram. So I said, Excuse me! She's pro wrestling's queen of mean. But behind the scenes, she's got a heart of gold and a lifetime of experiences. From no-holds-barred tales of her relationships and rivalries to conversations with A-list superstars, the real Vicky Guerrero is ready to talk. Welcome to Excuse Me, the Vicky Guerrero Show. Excuse me! It's Vicky Guerrero, and I'm so happy that all of you have joined me on the Excuse Me podcast. This week, I have a beautiful gem that I have been working with for the last couple of months, and she is just busy, and I love her story, and I wanted to have her on the show. Dasha, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Excuse me. I really wanted to say that. Sorry. <laughs> You know, we, we've interacted a little bit in the ring together on, on, you know, one of the interviews and also backstage too. And I just, I love interacting with the other women because it's so much fun and we, we're having a good time backstage, which we're talking about all elite wrestling. Uh, we're both uh, signed under that company. Um, but first we're going to fill our fans in on a little bit of information of all the projects that you have been doing. Um, you say that you're a crafter. I found that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain because I'm a crafter too and you had me at crafter and I was like oh she has my heart (laughs) if you don't like rhinestones we can't be friends just putting that out there uh Uh rhinestones are amazing uh well I grew up very very humble beginnings so and then with my name being so kind of like strange nobody had ever heard dasha before so i remember growing up always wanting like one of those like florida license plates that said dasha on them or like something custom that had my name on it and you couldn't ever find anything i'm like well thanks for the cool name and i can't find anything with it so i started crafting as a little kid my grandma used to sew so we would sew different things together and i love collecting all sorts of different things and crafting is the best way to be able to kind of show my creativity. I could personalize things. And if you're one of my really good friends, you know, you can go to the store, you can buy whatever you want, but something's more special when you get something handmade by someone. So I would always like make them coasters, make them a purse. I think the first thing I ever sewed were socks with my grandma. I'm known for making these really funky like jackets with patches on them because I love stickers and patches. So like if you ever see my, my luggage has like just a collage of stickers all over it. And I love just making jackets, collecting different patches. I've got like a Disney one where I got like special patches made like with my name on them. Um, I've got like when I was with WWE, I made like a WrestleMania um, New Orleans jacket. Um, I have a, a leather all about me jacket that's got like all sorts of science stuff on it. I'm actually working on a vest that's like a Spanish inspired vest right now. Ooh, so I just love crafting, making unique different stuff that nobody else can have. That's awesome. Did you ever buy the bedazzle when you were younger? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And you can ask like Miss Sandra or any of like the seamstress that I've worked with before. I ask them like, what's the best glue for like uh, rhinestoning that'll make them stay on like E85? And they're like, no, 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 no. There's way better stuff. Plumber's goop. And I'm like, cool. I'm always like bugging them. Yeah. Always (laughs) bugging them to find out what the new improved stuff for crafting is. 
That's awesome. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, you're an American fitness model. Um, you're a professional wrestler. You were in the WWE as a, an announcer, uh, a wrestler. Uh, and then you got signed to All Elite Wrestling, which is a, a Spanish commentator, a ring announcer, AEW Dark co-host. Uh, you just had your wrestling debut at the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. <sighs> <laughs> I like to stay busy. No, well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's an understatement of the year <laughs> because um, you are all over the place. I mean, how did you, how did you even, how do you even handle all these duties? We're not going to talk about so much about WWE because your story starts amazingly in AEW. Yeah. I mean, uh, a funny story. I want to let the fans know when I first got there, when I was officially signed, um, there was a scooter, right? So, <laughs> so I would see the scooter like at the girls, you know, the ladies dressing room. Then I saw the scooter at the backstage. Then I saw the scooter parked at catering. I'm like, who the hell has a scooter? Like, I could never find out. And so finally, <laughs> I'm, you know, and our walk from the stage to the dressing room is long, which oh, all yeah. made sense to me once I saw you zip by me with your scooter. With your scooter and I was just like, makes sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone used to laugh at me for my scooter at the beginning. And now they're all envious of my little electric bike because like you said, I have like five jobs. So I'll get like a text message like, hey, we need you on the set to go do this interview or hey, we need you over here. So I was like, well, I live in Florida. This thing folds and fits in my car. So what can be the most time efficient way I can get back and forth between places? And it's with an electric bike. And you know, the electric bike has made it on BTE. It's, made <laughs> in China. it's, had, it, it's had some serious camera time. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, how come you haven't blinged that out yet? Well, I let my husband use it when he goes to the track. And I don't, I mean, he's a very manly man and he's not opposed to driving a blinged out scooter, but you know, for his sake, you know, I just want to save him the headache from getting made fun of from his friends. Yeah. Well, you know what, what makes sense is that, um, you know, as women we're in heels, you know, I, with a manager role, I'm always in heels with a dress or whatever. And you're in heels because you're in the ring interviewing or backstage and um, that walk becomes very long when you have heels on. And so I learned about a second hour I was there with AEW that I was like, I'm gonna bring flip-flops and I'm gonna bring comfortable shoes because there's no way I can take that walk from the dressing room to the stage. And then if you have to go to catering or go back to the dressing room for a pit stop, your feet are, are barking really loud. Your toes is barking. You yeah. have to, it's like you're in like New York all over again. You gotta bring those like sneakers or flats with you because if not, Ooh, your feet feel like they're going to fall off at the end of the night. It's yeah. And then, and then on top of that, remember, we've got like 95% humidity and it's like 95 <laughs> outside. So you're like full hair and makeup, you're dressed, you know, to the nines, looking like a 10 and yeah. you are just sweating so much because it's far. I mean, and we have to do it for safety purposes. And of course, yeah, you know, and then you have your mask on on top of it. The funniest oh, happened last week. I had my mask on. I had just gotten my makeup done. I took the mask off. You could see literally my face just right on the mask. <laughs> Lipstick, you could see everything. Blush. It was the funniest thing ever. I'm so grateful that, you know, if you're in a ring, you don't have to wear your mask backstage when you're getting ready to go into the stage. So mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for that because makeup does not mix well with humidity. <laughs> There's only so much setting spray you could put on. Yeah. 
So tell the fans and my followers, give us a little insight to your day because, you know, our day starts earlier than when everyone gets there because uh, Dustin Rhodes, who's training the women, you know, we get to have some training sessions. Um, tell us what your day is like because uh, it's pretty incredible what your day consists of. Whew. Well, I always start my day with a nice hearty breakfast because you need that energy to get through the whole day. And then we preach, use, and then I preach. Use, yes, yeah, you you need those like carbohydrates, you need that energy, and I always try to hit up the gym before practice because I know I'm going to get cardio during practice. So I'll go lift some weights. I'll probably like train legs um, Wednesdays before TV. Then I get back, I shower, I change, I head over to the arena and then we have practice for about like two hours and that's pretty much cardio and it's awesome. And I love when people are like, well, why do you make your day so much longer? I was like, well, you know, my long-term goal is to be in the ring full time. I love nothing more than that. But right now my current job is a Spanish commentator. And if I'm going to be doing color commentary, you have to know what the moves feel like. I feel like you have to build a rapport with the talent and what better way than actually being in the ring with them, learning the moves, knowing how it feels. So then that way, when you're talking about the moves or, you know, putting over a talent or talking about a talent, you know, a little bit more in depth and you can add a little bit extra to their character because you've actually physically been in the ring with them. So then after we usually train till about like two, then um, I get on my bike I stop by catering, pick up some food, and I head over to the locker room. I eat my food real quick, shower, change, head straight into hair and makeup. Then usually around like 3.30, we fax, which is where we like go over the rundown of the show. We get on comms so they can get our levels and stuff like that for TV. And then I'll send a text message. Hey, do you guys need me for any interviews or anything? And since I'm already done hair and makeup, then I'll go shoot whatever interviews, prep for the show, sit down with Alex and Willie. We'll go over the different points that we want to go to. Um, if they need me for more interviews, I'll go do more interviews. And then around 5.30, Alex and I usually shoot the pre-show, which is, you know, like 10, 15 minutes, a little segment where we meet up with, you know, talent, talk about kind of the rundown that's going to go down for the show. Then we go get some dinner and then we sit down and we call the show pretty much from like, sometimes we start dark around like 6 six forty five seven ish um sometimes it's just depending on the weather and then we call the show and the five thousand dollar batch is after it <laughs> our day probably starts i usually get up around like eight o'clock and depending on the weather um how the sun's heating the ring we can finish anywhere from like 1 to 2.30 in the morning the next day. Then you take a quick nap and you do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, now, you know, that's a full day. Now let's add that you added your wrestling debut for the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. You were all over the place. <laughs> and I was, I was so proud of you. And I told you, you know, because there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of stress. You were in your first match. And, um, you, know, you see the anticipation, you see the anxiety of the girls, because this is our moment. This is our moment to prove to the world that we do have a, you know, an opportunity to show all the talents. And of course, Nyla and I didn't go very far, which I'm still- Neither did I. It's okay. It's okay. Next time. <laughs> I, next time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, um, with all your duties, you interviewed girls backstage. Plus, you had a herbing change to get ready for your match, that, that day that you had your match. I was like, 
I was like, oh no, there's no way. There is no way this woman is going to be able to interview and get ready for her match, put her gear on and then, you know, go over your match and then get ready. I was so proud of you. I mean, you. you hustled, you hustled that day. <laughs> That was a hard day. That was a really, really hard day. I remember because we were shooting um, some pre-tapes for the tournament. So I was in the green dress. Then um, I knew I had to wrestle. So I was like, perfect. I'm going to, uh, I found out that I was going to wrestle like earlier during the day. And that was, you know, a huge shock that Medusa, you know, came in and interrupted everything and told me about it. And then I was like, okay, well, since the locker rooms are so far away, I'm just going to call dynamite in my ring gear. But then I had to go do an interview. So I'm in my ring gear at the start of dynamite. Then I had to go find a bathroom because I had to change into my dress for the interview for the show. And so I'm like, taking my like kick pads off, taking my everything off, changing in the bathroom very quickly, going and putting on the dress, doing the interview, then having to go back, finish calling dynamite. Then I finished calling dynamite. I had to do two more pre-tapes. I had to go change. I was thankfully in the dress. Then after I finished those two pre-tapes, I had to go change into my gear and literally within like 10 minutes was in the ring already competing so it was it was wild but i wouldn't have like changed it for anything in the world because it didn't give me time to like freak out or th you know uh, overanalyze everything i kind of was just like going through the motions and i literally before i went i was like dear lord please do not let me fall apart just let me keep it together <laughs> after the match is over then that's a whole nother story but it was like such an emotional day and i remember like just crying tears of joy after my match because I was so excited. Something I had wanted for so long finally came true. Like who would have thought I started, I believe it was at Fighter Fest last year in December, or sorry, not December, in June in Daytona. I just casually went with Billy Gunn to, to go see what AEW was all about. And within less than the course of a year, I was already signed to them. I started as the timekeeper for Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. And then all of a sudden, I just kept at it like, hey, do you guys need anything? Do you need any interviewers? I'm more than happy to help out. And then Cody was like, well, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, yeah, my mom would kind of be really disappointed. He's like, well, what do you think about doing Spanish commentary? And I was like, I've never done it before. But if you are willing to give me a chance, I'm more than happy to give it 110%. And then during all this crazy pandemic, uh, I got to ring announce and it's just been a crazy whirlwind. Yeah. Now, you know, looking back now today uh, from that night, you know, you wrestled and then being an interviewer, you said that your dream is to be a full-time wrestler. Um, is how, how is that for you? I mean, do you, do you want to do both or are you specifically working just to be a wrestler and not do the commentating anymore? What are your true feelings on that? Because that's, those are, that's big highlights, you know, for a company. I think eventually you probably had to like make a decision. You oh, know, absolutely. You want to do one or the other, because of course, like just from your experience, they kind of blend together during the same time of the show. 
Uh, I mean, it, it would be extremely hard to do both and it's never been done before, but hey, you never know, right? <laughs> I, exactly. I can, I can break that barrier. You know, I started a revolution when I was 11 mowing the lawn and now all the women in the neighborhood are mowing lawns. <laughs> so who knows anything can happen, you know, um, it, it, story wise, I don't know how that could happen, but that's the cool thing about AEW. It's the land of opportunity. Yeah. And anything could happen because who would have thought that, you know, the backstage, the, the timekeeper would go to being a Spanish commentator, to being an, a backstage interviewer, to being a wrestler. I feel like anything can happen in AEW. And, I, and my mom always taught me never say never. Um, but for the time being, I mean, I don't have any children. I'm in my early 30s. I think it would be so much fun to finally be able to make that lifelong dream of mine of being a wrestler happen. And I'd be willing to put commentary to the side if given the opportunity, yeah. but it, it's, it's always good to be able to wear as many hats as you can. Absolutely. So then you can transition uh, once one door has closed into something else. Yeah. And I, I would love to wrestle full time, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that's so important that you mentioned that uh, someone should have, you know, carry a lot of uh, hats, you know, because to be an announcer, a wrestler, uh, you know, a commentator, those are great um, assets to have, especially in this industry, because say if you have an injury or they're short, you know, a commentator, they can say, hey, you know, you can fill in. And especially in these crazy times, you know, it's so important to have those talents because you can fill in in so many different ways. And I think that's uh, such brilliance on your part because you have all these you know assets that you're able to carry and um i think that's really important for other people to to witness because it's not just about being a wrestler you should learn how to to you know announce and commentate i think those are really important uh instruments you know especially in our show because you know anyone could just you know anyone could just wrestle but if you have other stuff going on and you can, there's more opportunity for you as well and they all help each other out as well, I feel like, too, because if you can interview somebody or you can do commentary that helps with a promo segment you may have a, as a wrestler. Or, I mean, you look at somebody like Dr. Britt Baker. Unfortunately, she suffered a broken nose and, you know, had knee issues and stuff like that. But the woman's so intelligent, she can talk. And we've seen her every single week on Dynamite doing something more creative and fun and it just as like you were saying, wear as many hats as you can, and there will always be something for you to do. Yeah, that's right. So let's talk about your NBC Titan Games appearance. I was blown away by how incredible you did on this show. Was this presented to you, or did you go and, and submit yourself? Oh, I went and submitted myself. I personally wanted to see if I could actually get on the show by myself. I didn't let anyone know what I was doing. I didn't want anyone to think it was just handed to me. I wasn't sought out by anyone. Um, pretty much every opportunity I've had in my life. Um, thankfully, I'm a go-getter. So I've always said, hey, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I'm not going to get it if I don't try. And even if I try and I don't get it, hey, at least I tried. I put my name out there. I, I put my pride to the side. I was vulnerable for a moment. But you never know if something's for you unless you go out, you shoot for the stars, and you try to go get it. I saw a call to action on The Rock's Instagram, and it was saying that they were looking for people to audition for Titan 
drinking games. I went online, as I always do, figured out what I needed to do. I submitted my application, submitted the videos that they wanted, and I figured, well, it's in the universe, it's in your hands, you know, like, <laughs> out of, it's out of my control. If I catch their eye, then maybe I'll get a chance. But then it was up to me once I got the email saying that I was um, invited to, what was it? They had like a combine, which was like their kind of tryout. And once I got invited to the combine, it was my physical ability that was going to get it for me. And they wow. were saying that they were very story-based and, and you, and it wasn't just the person that was the strongest, fastest, the, you know, the most well-rounded athlete that was going to win. They wanted stories this time around. And it was so cool because they had like redemption round. Like the first time I went to Mount Olympus, things didn't work out the way I wanted it to. And it was crazy because I was coming back from an Achilles injury, which is pretty, a pretty severe injury. And, um, I still, even to this day, can't even walk on my tippy toes. So that's why I like struggled a lot with one portion on, on Mount Olympus going up. Cause I'm like, I can't even walk on my tippy toes. Oh my God. But, um, every day it gets a little bit better and you just can't give up cause you have an injury. So I submitted that application. I got the call back. And the crazy thing was I was first an alternate for the show. I wasn't selected for the show immediately. And then I kept having interviews, kept talking to different people. And then it was a couple of days before I had to leave. They're like, you're on the show. And I was like, Why? are you kidding me? And I was so excited. <laughs> I'm a climber. So, and being a former gymnast, I know anything that has to do with being in the air. Ooh, I'm there. But because I didn't have all the strength in my Achilles, I was like, Oh, I'm going to struggle a lot with um, like sprinting kind of type stuff. And it was just an experience of a lifetime. And for me, yes, there was prize money. Yes, there was uh, getting the title of being the Titan. But for me, it was more of like a personal like um, accomplishment I wanted to make. It was kind of one of those people only ever saw me when I was with WWE as an interviewer. Cause I remember when I ruptured my Achilles, I would get like nasty messages that were like, you're just an interviewer. How are you hurt? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I do other things other than just hold a microphone. You know, like I'm a very <laughs> It's amazing what people think they know everything about us, right? Yeah. And I'm like, y'all don't know that I swam, dove, wrestled, was a national competitive gymnast. Like, I have a life other than holding a microphone and asking questions, people. I love being physically fit and active. I used to have my own personal training company back in the day. I'm like, there's nothing. I love kinesiology, biomechanics, how the body moves. And like, that's my release. Like most of the women in my family and most of the people in my family are morbidly obese. And ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to break the cycle. So I always played sports and I always wanted to be an example to them because my grandmother, she only went to school to like fourth grade. Girls weren't allowed to exercise and girls weren't allowed to play sports growing up. Same thing with my mom. And I just wanted to prove to them like, no, like heart disease is prevalent in Hispanic culture because yeah. of the food and because girls back then were not allowed to play outside and play sports. And I wanted to be the example for them to see like, hey, it doesn't have to be like that. And I actually am happy that I have been and a lot of them are exercising now and making better choices. And uh, it, that my mom always tells me when I grow up, I want to be like you I'm like mom, come on now. Oh, that's a compliment. I, I, I my mom is 
awesome. I love her. She's the best mom on the face of the planet. And she's just like, I watch you sometimes. And I am just like, how did this child come out of me? I'm like, well, <laughs> there's a very big part of you that's in me. You know? So let me ask you, so being a part of the Titan Games, when y'all were uh, filming because of COVID and y'all had done some previous recordings, did you get to go over the, the obstacle course ahead of time? No, Shut up. no, that was the hard part. Cause I'm a very like analytical person. Like if I would have been able to like try it, see it, then I could have like calculated like a plan, yeah. but no, it was like on the fly, ready, set, boom, the buzzer goes off and you go for it. You, we weren't allowed to try anything, get one ups on anything. Um, we, we were allowed to kind of like see the apparatus beforehand, but a lot of times they were still kind of like either constructing the apparatus or putting parts together because they had to change them each day. And they were like in a warehouse, but they wanted to keep everything pretty secretive. And like, even when we were traveling, oh from location, we had to have a chaperone with us and we weren't allowed to like look around. We had to like, just go straight to where we needed to go and back. Wow. Um, that's incredible. Cause you know, I could sit at home and be like, go Dasha, go. But then I started really looking at what you were doing. I'm like, Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. As I'm eating my popcorn and just like watching you. But it we were bruised and we were beaten oh. up. And we were exhausted. And it was crazy because watching the show back, I'm like, oh, people really knew how long we were. This two minute segment you guys are seeing, we were at it for a long time. Some of those like lunar impacts, the people were back and forth for like 25 minutes. Wow. And some of the things like you were just back and forth and back and forth and like rope pulling. It was a lot harder than people thought that it was. Whew. That's incredible. Well, I, I give you so much credit and I'm so proud of you with that. Cause I was like, man, she's representing. And I, I was so happy, you know, and you did a great job. I um, was nervous. I was like, I want to make the wrestling community proud. <laughs> and you did. And you did. So t describe a day that you have that's that you have off that doesn't include training wrestling you know getting your your clothes ready for the show um what is your personal day because you're on the grind you know every day you know training and um you know just especially at work you know it's like non-stop what's your personal day like just for dasha my personal day i love relaxing and going to the beach so that's usually like my happy place. It's funny because most people go to the beach for the water. I don't really care so much for the water. I go for the sand. <laughs> I don't know why. I just love <laughs> for the skin. It's great for exfoliation. <laughs> you get a little tan ski going on when you go to the beach. Always put your sunblock on though because those UVA, UVB rays are no joke. Yeah. If you got tan skin, you could still get skin cancer. So I put on my sunblock and I bring watermelon. It's my favorite thing on the face of the planet. I Would love it. Have you tried it with Tabasco sauce? No, I have not. Everyone says to put salt on it. It makes it sweeter. I have not tried that yet. I, I use salt and not too much salt because of the training. It always bloats me up. But Tabasco, I used to always eat like that with my Latina family. And so Tabasco was on cantaloupe, watermelon, popcorn, everything. I was trying Tabasco. It. Yeah, you got to try it. <laughs> yeah, so I usually, I'll usually train in the morning, you know, get my exercise in because that's kind of like my relax and it helps like energize me and charge me up for the day and then I'll just go to the beach hang out do some yoga at the beach walk you know talk to whatever <laughs> <Just clear laughs> my mind 
lay down, read a book and then come home. But if I'm, if it's any other day off, I'm usually running errands. So you got to catch up for the rest of the week doing laundry, all that stuff. But I always try to find time to craft because that's another relaxation of mine as well. Good for you. Good for you. Okay. So we have, uh, I picked out two questions from the fans and um, Jazzy Bella wants to know, um, how was your AEW experience different from when you worked at WWE? Well, at AEW so far, I've just gotten so many opportunities. And it's pretty crazy because if you just bring up an idea and it makes sense to them, they're like, all right, cool, let's go for it. I mean, they're two completely different uh, experiences. I mean, I got to travel so much with WWE, uh, but everything was a lot more strict and there was a lot more rules, I guess you could kind of say. Just a little bit. Any bit, but with the AEW, there's just they want to make the culture a little bit different. So everyone's so accepting. Everyone is just so kind and and not saying that it wasn't like that at WWE because we had built a really good locker room at WWE and we had tried breaking um, a lot of stereotypes that like female wrestlers had with like cattiness and stuff like that. But just, it's so wild how like everyone is just so body positive. Everyone is just constantly finding the good and And if somebody comes up with an idea for somebody like, Hey, I thought of this for your character. Like, it's so cool to see that relationship and that camaraderie in the locker room at AEW. Um, It's just, everyone is just so kind. Everyone is so willing to help each other out and you don't have to go like pull people to go do stuff. If you're like, Hey, we need you for the pre-show. They're like, sure. What time do you need me at? No problem. I'll be there. And it's just so cool that everyone can just be so creative and so different and so unique. I love that about AEW. And what's also great too, is that your ideas are welcome. Do you know where you can feel comfortable saying, Hey, how can we try this? And there, I mean, there's never, I don't, there's never a no. It's a, yep. it's like, you know, Oh, well, let's talk about it. You know, and I think that's so refreshing, you know, because you don't have to be scared to give an, give an idea and then have them take it and do it for somebody else, you know? Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. Or, or you get a piece of paper right down and you like put it on the table real slow to someone else. Like, don't tell anyone, but this is, it wasn't idea. for me, but <laughs> you came up with this idea. <laughs> okay. So here's Alicia Landis. Uh, she asked, what was it like working with some of the best wrestlers in the business and who were they? so many good wrestlers like that's the hard part it's the character you see on tv like once you get to know the character of the person you're just flabbergasted (laughs) it's so crazy um i always loved working just there was so many i always try to find the good in people and i'm not very good at like choosing favorites but everyone has something that's special about them and it's crazy because like i i really got along i'm one of those people like what you see is what you get i'm i try to be kind to everyone i try to have fun and find something in common with everyone i'm like the jack of all trades master of none because i like so many different things and like my mind is always like squirrel shiny object and i change the subject all the time but i remember like aj randy like all of them are just so talented back when he was with WWE Neville being like a gymnast. I loved his like aerial attack and like how precise and like how beautiful his movements looked. And it's just, there's the Usos, um, Naomi, Trinity, Serona. Um, why can I think of her ring name? Tamina. Um, so many, 
many creative, unique, fun people that I got to work with. I wouldn't say there was a favorite, but they were just all so different and talented in their own way. Like I would just sit there and watch them like in awe every time I would just ring announce them. And I just felt so grateful that I even had the opportunity. And the one person is funny because people always say, you never want to meet somebody you look up to growing up because they never reach your expectation. The one person that like had a profound impact and I just couldn't believe how humble they were, Ray Mysterio. Oh, I love Ray cow that man i remember when he had made his return back to wwe and we went went on a south american tour like he's just so calm so chill you know he would when we were in mexico he would have his friends come to the show and stuff like that and i was just like how is this person like so humble and so kind and you're like a mega superstar always willing to give his advice and help anyone put together these like just incredible matches and i'm just like you're way cooler than I even <laughs> expected. Like, I, if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Rey Mysterio. Just because I grew up watching him being, like, me being a tiny little kid and then him being a tiny guy, a Latino, like, representing, you know, yeah. he, his was his Mexican culture. Mine was my, you know, Puerto Rican culture. But then, like, being American all at the same time and, like, yeah, probably I, if I had to choose one, it'd have to be Rey Mysterio. And I love how Ray just puts his family first. You know, Absolutely. Family and I love that because I think more need to learn from him because you have to have your family first before all this other fame and fortune happens, you know, because in the end, all you have is family left. Absolutely. You know, said and done. So yeah, props to Ray. Um, also, what got you into wrestling growing up as a, as a little girl? I used to always, you know, play wrestle with my dad. It was kind of like the way that we bonded, uh, but I always knew I wanted a job kind of in entertainment growing up. And I always wanted to be a positive role model. I wanted a job where I could be physically fit and active. I could be like an actress or tell stories. And wrestling just checked every single box. My mom always said growing up, you need to get your education. So I made sure I didn't think of even applying or doing anything. So I at least had a bachelor's degree. So I got my bachelor's and then I just had an itch. I was like, well, I want to do this. I was a gymnast. I wanted to be like Ray Mysterio growing up, you know? <laughs> and I applied, same thing, online, submitted an application, received an email, and then took it from there. But I, but my mom always said, make sure you have the education because entertainment is one of those hit or miss kind of things. It doesn't matter how talented you are. You have to be in the right place at the right time. You have to make proper connections. She goes, but your education is number one because my mom, unfortunately, never got to graduate college. She went, but never got to finish. And she's just like, you need to be able to have that paper that if, God forbid, something happens, you can always find a job. And I did. Good for you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, uh, you have a YouTube channel called Mastasha, and it's so cute, and I love it. Um, uh, describe a little bit of what, what it's about to, uh, for, for your identity, so to speak. When working on, you know, a lot more content, everyone's like, when are you going to get more stuff? When are you going to get more stuff? I'm like, I need to find time. I have to edit this stuff. <laughs> I have so much video footage, like, shot for it. But when I would go, when I was at WWE, a lot of times when we'd go to South America, I was their go-to Spanish announcer and I would host a show in Spanish and stuff like that. Um, 
because Lillian wasn't with the company anymore. So since I was being, I was the only Spanish speaking announcer, they'd always send me to go do all that stuff. And a lot of the fans were just like, queremos más Dasha. We want more Dasha is what they would say. And I was like, Cha-ching, very cool. So then I created Masdasha because it was kind of like a way that they could get a little bit more of me. I, I tend to be very private and it's, I mean, these times you kind of have to maintain a little bit of privacy just because yeah. people have so much access to your life. But I was like, with Masdasha, I can put any of the training stuff that I'm doing, any cool adventures I get to go on. Because a lot of people want to know, what do you do when you're traveling, when you're on the road, when you're going to shows? And I love crafting. So putting more crafting stuff. One of my favorite things to do was uh, cut up shirts for people and stuff backstage that they could wear on TV. So um, that's what I plan on putting a little bit more crafting stuff on there, making random things of like diaper motorcycles and like cool gifts and stuff like that, that I make for my friends already. I'm like, might as well just share it with everyone. So that's kind of what it is. It's a little bit of all the crazy stuff that goes on in my head that's awesome um my favorite store is hobby lobby not so much michael's i love michael's but hobby lobby just gets under my soul and it just it, i get reborn when i walk in there have you ever been to hobby lobbies in different women hobby lobby is one of my favorites too because hobby lobby is if michael's and joan fabrics and um there's really that many left. Literally, are- Michael's Joan Fabrics, any sort of hobby kind of store had a baby. It's Hobby Lobby because you can find everything. You can find de- seasonal decor. You can find fabrics. You can yeah. find building like model airplanes. You can get like different mediums for art and painting. Yeah. They always got a 40% off coupon, which is I great. Know. The only thing that stinks is that they're not open on Sunday, which I, I respect I- that. Yes. I respect <laughs> it. And I'm like, man, the one. Most of us have off. You can't go pick up all your stuff. But have you ever been to different Hobby Lobbies and different? Uh, Ooh, they have furniture. They got everything. But it's so different in every state. And I love that because you get different styles. The bad part is if it doesn't fit in my suitcase, I have to like kind of grind my teeth and go, well, I'll, maybe I'll ship for it or I'll order it online because it's so cool to see how different states have a different attire. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> see I'm, I, you speak to my heart and i just i get more attracted to you this is such i'm a all thing. about a bargain and I, <laughs> when they have those like slashes of, of their seasonal stuff is on discount oh. you know i am picking that up in my garage i have like these different bins because i like to change the decor depending on the season you yeah. have to you have yeah. to keep things up and so i've got the different wreaths and everything of like Obviously, you have your 4th of July stuff, then you got your spring stuff, your summer stuff, your fall yeah. stuff, your Halloween stuff. <laughs> Everything's all labeled. I got my label maker. And okay. I've really gotten the, oh, the one thing that I've really gotten into crafting is learning calligraphy. Because I want to bring back the art of a nice handwritten note. Anytime yeah. you get something in the mail, it's usually always a bill. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's bring back wax seals and let's bring back nice penmanship. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, uh, Dasha, we're going to have a lightning round, and it's going to be five questions. I love doing this. So um, let's see how you answer these, okay? Okay. All right. Horror movie or rom-com? Rom-com, all the way. Is it wrong for a vegan to eat animal crackers? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I've never thought of that. Let's go with yes, because animal's in there. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Hmm... Hygiene, having poor hygiene. Very good. Invisibility or super strength? 
Invisibility, so you can see what people are really thinking and talking about you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so thank you, Dasha, so much for, for being on my show. You inspire me every time I watch you at TV and just you're empowering and I, I'm so honored to work with you in the ring or whatever our, our, our paths is going to cross. Um, let all the fans know where they can find you so they can subscribe, follow, like, comment, do all those things to show you love and support. Well, guys, you can find me on what is it at? Is that what you call it? At yeah. Dasha Corette on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me on Mas Dasha on YouTube. You can't find me on Facebook. That one's private just for my family. Nobody needs to follow my grandma or my grandpa. He's 90. But, <laughs> but I love you guys and just find me at Dasha Corette. Thank you, Dasha. God bless you. Have a, a great day today and I'll see you at work next time. See you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Excuse Me podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Spreaker, or your favorite podcast platform. Check out our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash excuse me Vicky, or follow me on Twitter and Instagram and email us at excusemevicky at outlook.com with questions or comments. Until next time, excuse me!